You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information about Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join Pastor David Hilton for this week's message. The title of my message is, When the Lord is in Our Midst. Last week we talked about truth and logic, and that we need the Holy Spirit now to guide us more than ever. We need... Uh, to, to follow the Holy Spirit like we've never before. And uh, the problem is, is what and where. <laughs> what he's going to call us to do and where we're going to follow him. That's always what gets us, is the what and the where. And uh, 1 Corinthians 11.1 one. Paul says, be imitators of me just as I also am of Christ. And what he's saying is, he said that word imitators is follow me as I follow Christ. And and he's talking to the Corinthians here. And Corinth is a place that is booming. And it's kind of the Mecca where Jews, Greeks, Romans... Uh, every merchant, it's kind of a gathering. It was a melting pot of all different kinds of cultures. And, And as those cultures all converged on Corinth, it became a real strategic place for Paul to be able to spread the gospel and it go out. But the problem with that was, is Corinth was very prosperous. In Corinth, they also brung in all different kinds of religions. And it became a place where they worshiped pleasure more than they did principle. And so it was just running rampant of just immorality and uh, and just degradation. It it was, you know, it, it was a real, it could be a real degrading place even in the midst of all their prosperity. And you come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. You can stand in line at the grocery store and see degradation. Got to look like this, act like this, be like this. Come on. And so we see a lot of things that's going on in Corinth that's going on right now here in America. But Paul still thought that it was a strategic place to still be able to get the message out into the whole world. And so Paul says, hey, follow me as I follow Christ. Because the thing about it is, is Paul was having to follow the Holy Spirit into a lot of places that were taking him away from his religious learning. Paul was very learned and uh, he was taken into a relationship with Christ. And it was through troubling times. And so Paul was having to do a lot of rethinking. He was having to, he was experiencing some things that he never really experienced before. And look in Acts chapter nine and, uh, and, and you'll see exactly how it all started with Paul. In Acts chapter nine, Jesus, he shows up to a man named Ananias and he tells him to go to uh, Paul, he tells him to arise and go. And then 
Ananias is like, look, I don't, I don't really want to go. This guy's killing Christians. And so Ananias is having to follow the Holy Spirit's leading someplace that it's making him really uncomfortable. Come on, are y'all with me? In verse 15, it says, But the Lord said to him, No, you go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the sons of Israel. In other words, I'm sending him into all the world. All the different races, all the different places, I'm sending him there. For I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias departed. In other words, he's fixing to experience some things and he's fixing to follow Jesus into some places that he's fixing to upset the apple cart of religion and politics. Come on. See, we always look at this Bible and we always think religiously, but we never understand that Paul was set going into the religious community and into the politics. He was fixing to go turn it all upside down. And so, listen, and here's the thing you need to understand about uh, worldly politics. They're comfortable with religion as long as you mind your P's and Q's. Politics can handle religion, but they can't handle you having a relationship with Jesus because they don't know how to control that because they can't. Come on, are y'all with me? And so that's why it gets tough, especially in troubling times when the, when the world is a lot like Corinth was at that time. We're more in love with pleasure than we are principle. We're more in love with our comfort than our character. Come on. And so that upsets the apple cart in a lot of larger circles. Are y'all with me? Look in Philippians chapter 3. We're going to plug in some scripture here. Philippians chapter 3. And we're actually going to start, yeah, in uh, verse 3. Probably help if I turn there. We're going to actually start in verse 2. <laughs> Beware of the dogs. Beware of the evil workers. Beware of the false circumcision. For we are the true circumcision who worship in the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus, and put no confidence in the flesh. Although I myself might have confidence even in the flesh, if anyone else has a mind to put confidence in the flesh, I far more circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church. As to the righteousness which is in the law, found blameless. But whatever things were, were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. 
More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Here's what Paul lost. And here's what always kind of gets me. You know, everybody has their ideal. You know, Paul, he says, I've got this thorn in my side. Most people think Paul was a prideful man. I don't think that. I just think Paul had an understanding of who he was in Christ finally because Paul said, if anything, I can be able to boast in the flesh, but I don't. He gave his pedigree. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews, a Pharisee. He, he was zealous for God, but he counted all that rubbish. What he lost was his religious order and title. That's what he lost, and he considered all that rubbish. Come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? All these titles that we get, all these things. Paul, he just broke it down. I'm a bond servant of Christ. That's how he broke it down. That simple. But what intrigued me was, as he said, beware of the dogs. Beware of the evil workers. Beware of the false circumcision. And here's what he's saying. He's saying, beware of the things that are going to suck the life out of you. Be, be aware of the takers. Be aware of those who just want something from you all the time. And they don't want to contribute. They don't want to change. They don't want to do nothing. Beware of the dogs. Because they're not worth your time. Come on, are y'all hearing me? And then Paul says, beware uh, of the evil work. Beware of those influenced by the darkness. Beware of those who are just listening to, the, to and influenced by what Satan in the kingdom of darkness is all about. Be, be aware of that. And then he says, be aware of the false circumcision. In other words, be careful of all this religious stuff going on. He gives us some things to be aware of. Come on, are y'all still with me? See, we need to discern. That word be aware, that's what it means. It means to discern. Discern. Look at what's really going on. And that's what we need right now because we got people telling us what to think instead of how. There is a lot of people want you to think what they want you to think. Does that make sense? Listen, we need to have discernment. We need to be aware of all that's going on right now. See, because here's the deal. There's, the Holy Spirit is going to take us to some places that's not really comfortable. And it's outside our human logic. Because that's just God. Come on. Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12. 26, and his voice shook the earth then, but now he has promised, saying, yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. 
And this expression yet once more denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken as of created things in order that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. And here's what God's doing. God is setting things in order. He's doing a thorough house cleaning. Right? That's what God's doing. God's getting some things in order. Listen, every so often in our history, look, I'm not sitting here telling you, oh, this is the end times and we all need to, y'all know, y'all know me by now. We're not just, we're, look, it, it very well could be end times. Very well could be. But I'm not going to sit here and throw my hat that, hey, this, this is it, y'all. We're, we're out here. No, because what happens is, is what I've seen in the past is we lock down, we quit doing things, we quit. We still have to occupy. We still have to advance the kingdom. We still got people to save. We still got people to pray for. We still got kids that need to see us still living our life. Come on, y'all hearing me? It may look like it's a dead end, but we need to discern what's going to rob our time. Come on. And sitting there worried about or thinking about this is it. And I'm waiting on heaven. No. How can we still advance the kingdom in our community? How can we still? Come on, are y'all with me? So God's shaking some things, setting some things in order, getting some things right, getting out all the religious clutter. Come on. There's lots of religious clutter. Lots of it. He's exposing the wickedness in the high places in our government. God is doing a lot of stuff right now. And here's what we need to understand. We need this discernment. See, Paul was following a new order. It wasn't a religious order. It was a, I'm in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And here's the thing about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. It says God is a consuming fire. That's who you're following. A consuming fire. Have you ever started a fire you wish you would have might not have started? <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, I've started some fires that created its own wind. And it gets, you see that big red tornado coming out of that middle of that. Listen, I'm telling you, I started pile actually right here where this sanctuary is. There was a pile right here as high as this ceiling. And there was another pile over there that I got to where I was feeding that pile. And I'm telling you, that pile got to going. And I was like, oh, man. This could, this could be bad. <laughs> it's going to dry out a lot around here. <laughs> but I mean, it would just made its own, you know, and you're like, ooh, that makes you a little uncomfortable. <laughs> Back that equipment away from it. But listen, God is a consuming fire and a major shaking is going on right now in the body of Christ to bring order 
to bring correction and to bring an anointing to you. Wherever you go, whatever you put your hand to, listen, there's going to be anointing and a power. There's that, that correction. Listen, we're following a consuming fire so anything can happen. Anything can happen. See, Paul didn't have a New Testament to preach out of. Right? Paul was living it. And he was connecting the dots of the Old Testament. Right? And every so often we have to do that too. We have to go back and we have to look at the Old Testament and that tells us about who God is. What God is like. And let me tell you something. God's not too interested in your comfort. God can kind of make things a little tense at times. When God is in your midst, anything can happen. And it's hard for me to buy into that old God's, he works in mysterious ways. That always scares me when people say that. Because first that tells me you ain't looked in the... God doesn't want us unaware of how he works. God wants us to have faith that God... That, listen, here's what you do to settle that right there. Nothing is impossible with God. Once you settle that in your head, then nothing's mysterious. God doesn't work in mysterious ways when everything is in the realm of possibility with God. Come on, y'all hear what I'm saying? That answers that question right there. And so we have the Old Testament history, his story for us to connect dots on how God reacts and moves in our midst in times troubling as we're living in right now. Does that make sense? So let's look at a few things. First thing, 1 Corinthians 10, 11 tells us, now these things happened to them as an example and they were written for our instruction. Come on. See, so we look at the Old Testament for our instruction. Our instructions for what? What to do in these troubling times, right? Okay, Exodus chapter 8. Let's go connect some dots. Are y'all good? Come on, we've read these stories over and over a hundred times. See, God doesn't move in mysterious ways. He moves in miraculous ways. Come on. Man, y'all better write that down. That was good stuff. That's straight from ranch headquarters. <laughs> Listen, what we're, we're going to catch up with this story here. God's done got Moses and he takes him back to Egypt and he's starting the plagues, okay? And so we're going to catch up in the middle of some of these plagues here in verse 20. 
Now the Lord said to Moses, rise early in the morning and present yourself before Pharaoh as he comes out to the water and say to him, thus says the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. Now here's what's so funny. When you read every time that God tells Moses to go meet with Pharaoh, it's early in the morning and meet him as he's going to the water. In other words, I'm fixing to interrupt Pharaoh's routine of everyday routine. I cracked up when I seen that. I thought, you know, because we do, Wendy's, Wendy has a coffee cup and it simply says, nope. <laughs> it ain't time yet. See, we don't like our coffee interruptions. I like drinking my coffee, sitting there, no TV on, looking out the window, watching the deer walk by and the squirrels play. And I, I like to take my time and think. And then all of a sudden, here comes this 80-year-old man coming in and he's got a speech impediment. Let my people go. I could just see Pharaoh going, oh, not again. Huh? It's exactly what Ahab said when he, uh, Elijah shows up. Oh, the troubler of Israel. <laughs> see, God has a way of interrupting our day-to-day -day routines. Come on. When he shows up in our midst, he shows up and he says, for if you will not let my people go, behold, I will send swarms of insects on you and on your servants and on your people and into your houses and the houses of the Egyptians shall be full of swarms of insects and also the ground on which they dwell. But on that day, I will set apart the land of Goshen where my people are living so that no swarms of insects will be there in order that you may know that I, the Lord, am in the midst of the land. And I will put a division between my people and your people. Tomorrow, this sign shall occur. Then the Lord did so. Listen, God is always wanting his a distinction between his people and the world. Amen. Always. So that's why it's always hard for me to understand why we take these vows of poverty, why we take these crazy vows that God did not ordain. Because God wants us to have a distinction that you're my people. Listen, God didn't just sneak into Egypt, deliver his people, and sneak back out. That's why I have a hard time with this whole, God's just going to suck us out one day, and nobody, you know, everybody's going, what happened to all these? That ain't God. When God shows up in our midst, you know it's God. It ain't, I'm going to sneak in and I'm going to sneak everybody out. That ain't God. 
God says, you're going to know the difference between my people and those that have been influenced by the kingdom of darkness. I will make a distinction and that's how it is. God doesn't change. We change. We change our narratives. We change our to fit our comfort level. Come on. And if we don't realize that God is trying to set a distinction between His people and the world right now, come on. Man, nothing is out of the realm of miraculous for you right now. What do you want to put your hand to? What promises are you ready to go take? What situations and circumstances do you need to stand and see God deliver? Come on. What's going on in your life? Oh, it's, man, the, the con. I'm not of this economy. Come on. See, you're going to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that something greater is you than is here. Something greater than you've ever seen before. There's not going to be no question. People are going to go, that sure wasn't Buddha. That sure ain't Muhammad. Man, that's Jesus. Only Jesus. Come on. <laughs> Look in Exodus 14. And, he, and here's what you need to understand. Because here's what happens. Come on, y'all seen uh, Charlton Heston play Moses? We see it every year at Easter. Right? I mean, we see it every year. When, when Moses would go and start doing those plagues, Pharaoh would get his conjurers, magicians, and all them to do the very same thing. Moses, Aaron would throw the rod down, it turned into a snake. What'd they do? They did the same thing, right? They threw their rods down, they turned into snakes. But what happened? God's staff ate the worlds. Come on. You see them distinctions. They would try to turn, they, they were doing some of the same things. So the world, the devil always wants to try to imitate God. Come on. What did he do? He, listen, when they left Egypt, God said, all right, you, you're taking all the gold, you're taking all the jewelry, you're taking everything out of here. What was God's intent? God's intent was them to use that to be able to sow, come on, he supplies seed to the sower, right? God took them out with the wealth and he, it, to be able to sustain his people and to give them seed to sow. How did the devil try to imitate what God was doing? Make a golden calf, right? 
See, the devil's always trying to steal your seed. He's always trying to put himself in the place of God. Come on. That ain't God. And there becomes a distinct distinction between what is God and what's not God. And the devil, is all, that's why we have to stand and discern. Come on. Beware of the dogs. Come on. Beware of the evil workers and beware of the religion, right? That's what he told us in the New Testament. Same thing was going on here. God was showing them to make a distinction. Exodus 14, chapter one, verse 1. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Tell the sons of Israel to turn back and camp before uh, Fees, I don't know, between Migdal and the sea. You shall camp in front of Baal Zephon opposite by the sea. Listen, God's given very specific orders to go to places we can't even pronounce. Okay? Tell the sons of Israel to go do this. For, verse 3, for Pharaoh will say of the sons of Israel, they are wandering aimlessly in the land. The wilderness has shut them in. Listen, it's almost like God was using them as bait. Right? God says, here's what we're going to do. Here's the plan. God had a plan, right? God's plan wasn't to worry and whine. Come on. Even when it looked like to the world that we're wandering aimlessly and we ain't got our stuff together, come on. Oh, man. Verse 4, Thus I will harden Pharaoh's heart and he will chase after them. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> right? I'm going to make them even madder at you. <laughs> right? Right? Who doesn't want their enemies really ticked? I mean, they were mad at us, now they're ticked. Right? God said, I'm going to really make them mad. But look what he's doing. And he will chase after them. Look what God says. I will be honored through Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. And they did so. God said, they may all hate you right now. And they may be all trying to take your rights. And they may be all trying to tell you what to do. But let me tell you something. I'm going to be honored by their deception, by their wickedness, by their hard hearts. I'm going to be honored because you're going to stand and see. Come on. They're going to know that I am God. It's not a, I'm sneaking in and I'm sneaking out. Come on, do y'all see that? Look in verse 5. I tell you what, look in verse 10. And as Pharaoh drew near, the sons of Israel looked, and behold, the Egyptians were marking at, marching after them, and they became very frightened. So the sons of Israel cried out to the Lord, 
Then they said to Moses, it is because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness. Why have you dealt with us in this way, bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we spoke to you in Egypt saying, leave us alone? That we may serve the Egyptians For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. See, and that's the question for every one of us. I'd rather die in the wilderness a free man. Come on. Here's what they were saying. I'm just going to stay here. Their army's too big. Come on. We don't have no weapons. What are we going to fight? We're not warriors. We're slaves. See, here's what God does when He delivers us. When God delivers us, He's trying to get us out of bondage out from underneath those heavy taskmasters that keep us in bondage. He's trying to lead us to a place of promise and hope. And I would rather die going to a promise and hope, a free man, than to cave. Oh, but we're trying to, we're, we're, we're going to stay here and save our kids. You can make any. We're doing it for the children. We're going to accept being slaves and we're going to accept being in bondage for the security of our kids. Come on, are y'all hearing me? I'd rather trust my kids in the hands of a living God But here's the deal. It is uncomfortable. Because see, when you start going against cultural norms, it gets very uncomfortable. And the thing about it is, God didn't put us here for cultural norms to come in here and influence us, but we were to influence the culture. And that's exactly what Paul was doing in Corinth is Paul seen that as a strategic place to influence the culture and to not only influence the culture there, but all the merchants and mercantile that was going on coming in and going out. If he could influence one that was going out, come on now. You see Paul's mindset? And that's what we have to figure out. Wherever we're at, we are there to make a stand. You don't have to have all the right words to say. You don't have to know everything you need to know. At some point, you just have to stand. Look what God tells them. This is so amazing. Look what God tells them. In verse 13, but Moses said to the people, do not fear. Stand by 
and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you will see them again. You will not, you will never see them again forever. The Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. And you know, I love that part. I thought, you know, that's really not me to keep silent. But Lord, I thank you that you put that in there. Because see, most of the times we always got something to say. But listen, they are backed up. Nowhere to go. Their situation, their circumstance was at a dead end. Right? They were up against the Red Sea and no place to go. And Moses said, you just need to stand still and listen. You don't even have to say nothing. Because more than likely, if you say something, you're going to mess it up. <laughs> right? Even when we don't know what to pray, even when we get in a bind and we're at a dead end in our situation, in our circumstance, we don't know what to do. God says, hey, it's okay to be quiet and just have faith in me. I'll fight your battle for you. You just make the stand. You just come forward and make a stand. You don't even have to know what to praise, pray. Come on, I've been in situations I didn't know what to pray. Oh, sing a song. Man, I can't even remember a song. I am the world's worst. I used to send Tracy, uh, hey, I, I want to do this song. I want to hear this song or play this song. And, and I'd give, it wouldn't even be close to the title. And how she would find them, I have no idea. But I couldn't remember the name of the song or the words, everything that went with it, or who sung it. I am horrible about that. Come on, y'all been there. You don't even know. See, that's what, it, that's what the Holy Spirit's job is. With groanings too deep for words, He will pray God's will for you, through you. Come on. See, that's why speaking in tongues is so powerful. You don't even have to know anything. But let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit steps in and says, I know exactly what to pray. You spit that gibber out and I'll make it happen. Come on. And, it, and here's what he said even about that. He said, it may even be groanings. Mm, God, it hurts so bad. See, God covers all the basics for us. We can even be silent. See, we just have to discern. In that word right there where it says to see, look what it says. Stand by and see. I looked that word up a while ago. You know what it means? Discern. You need to just stop and discern 
hey, God's for me. Who can be against me? When you're standing in front of a sea, a red sea, when you're standing in front of a dead end and it looks hopeless, you need to discern, all right, God, you are the miraculous God that can part even the Red Sea. That's what you do. That's who you are, a way maker. Come on, man. Way maker, miracle worker, a promise keeper. That's just who you are. Come on, man. I didn't know they were going to sing them songs. How do, how do you do? You, how, right? Here's what you need to always understand. Have you ever had them coaches, you know, that uh, in baseball, they have that five-run rule? God has no five-run rule. When God's playing ball, He's going to run the score up on the devil. There ain't going to be, I'm, a, I'm not I'm just going to take it easy on you, everything to be fair and everybody. <laughs> that ain't God. Come on, boys, you keep hitting. We ain't got no outs. Let's go. God's going to run the score up on the devil. They walked across on dry ground. Right? God was honored through the destruction of his enemies. That's uncomfortable. But that's God. Come on, y'all hear me? Favor ain't fair. Favor ain't fair. You got businesses. You got family members. Come on. When the rest of the world is worried about stuff, that's not you. That's not you. Why? Because it may look like everything's at a dead end and at a standstill. Oh my gosh. And it's, everything's peaking again. <laughs> Come on. Not here. Thank you, Father. Right? We're still moving on. God's plan is never to worry and to cry. Listen, fear, faith doesn't listen to presumption or despair or cowardness. That's not what faith listens to. Faith stands and listens for the next orders. Stretch out your hand. Come on. Stretch out your hand. Stand and see. You can keep silent, but stand and see. Faith doesn't listen. Oh God, you're all going to die here in the wilderness. Was there not any graves? Come on. That ain't faith. Faith is my God's going to deliver me. Faith is listening to the order of, hey, you just look like you're wandering around in a circle. And you, you just look like you ain't going nowhere. <laughs> See, most of us look like that sometimes. Listen, he's shaking things up. 
He's shaking it up. And we're right in the middle of it. We don't have to fret. We don't have to worry. All we got to do is follow. All we have to do is follow. See? And I'm telling you, it'll become evident as time goes on. We just keep, we just wait. Listen, you may not know what's going on or what's going to happen. Listen, we don't have to know everything. We just have to know God's still in charge. Right? Come on, y'all stand. Listen, there's situations and circumstances in our life. And God's telling you this morning, you will see his salvation. You will see, listen, that word salvation there, it means it means prosperity. Come on. It means welfare. It's a whole. It's peace. That's what it means. Deliverance. You will see the deliverance, the prosperity, and the welfare. You'll see that. Even when it looks like it's all a dead end, we ain't going nowhere. Come on. Even in the midst of all that's going on, God still has you. We just have to follow. And sometimes that's uncomfortable, I know. It's not going to always be easy. I'm telling you, it's not always going to be easy. And it's going to make some folk mad all the time. But I'm telling you, it has its rewards because then... The people you've been believing for, they see God and they can go, yeah. And that's what God's ideal is. Stand and see the salvation of the Lord. You standing, making a declaration, people see it. Come on, y'all with me? Father, we thank you. Lord, we just ask right now, Father, that you just give us the strength to be able to stand and listen for the next round of orders. Lord, even when you're in our midst, it does seem a little unsettling at times, but Father, we thank you that you are our source of peace. Father, we thank you for such exciting times that we live in. And we give you the praise and glory. And we stand waiting on our next orders. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Love y'all. We will see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. If you enjoyed this message and would like to hear more, you can subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channel. If you would like to give towards our ministry, there are giving options available at dcctx.church. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.